Hello, and thank you for tuning into the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Steven, alongside here with Brandon, diving into the recent news that LaCroix Sparkling Water is facing a class action lawsuit for falsely advertising their drink is 100% natural. Yeah, and really quick, before we get into this topic, I wanted to just take a second, well, we both wanted to take a second to let all of you know, uh, with obviously this huge devastating storm going on in Florida and Georgia with Hurricane Michael, we want to give you guys the education to, if you want to help in any way, shape, or form, um, give you a couple of resources to do it. First of all, GoFundMe. There are a bunch of verified uh, charities and donation uh, places where you can give money to the, the relief efforts. Uh, you can also head to globalgiving.org. There is a Hurricane Michael Relief Fund on their website, as well as americares.org. And then another way that they say to uh, help out is by donating blood. If you don't know where a blood drive is near you, you can go to redcrossblood.org and find the blood drive by typing in your zip code. And then the last thing is anyone who might listen to the show and lives kind of near that area, if you have available lodging that's safe, Airbnb uh, is asking people to to chip in in that in that regard as well. But as for the topic at hand, like Stephen said, we are. Uh, talking about the LaCroix lawsuit that was initiated by Illinois resident uh, Lenora Rice, essentially claiming that LaCroix, the company, um, is falsely advertising that their drink is 100% natural. And basically, they're saying testing reveals that LaCroix contains a number of artificial ingredients, including linalool which is also used in cockroach insecticide. And um, another one, it was limonene. And basically, Lenora Rice is stating not only are they using these products, but they are intentionally misleading consumers, which really brings me to my first question for you, Stephen, and that is, now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this the basis that we don't actually know if this stuff is unnatural or I mean the, the the big the big problem with this story and we'll get into this later on is we don't have a strict definition of what is considered natural and we'll talk about the ingredients that I just mentioned and how they could be considered natural or how they couldn't but essentially what I want to know is let's let's say that this is true that LaCroix just hypothetically that LaCroix is intentionally misleading their consumers, um, stating that their drink is 100% natural and that it's it's good for you. It, I mean, that's kind of the connotation that comes with it. They don't necessarily say on the can, oh, this is good for you. But essentially with the 100% natural stuff, it's a substitute for other drinks that are carbonated like pops and uh, or for people in the South, Coke. Uh, everything is called Coke. Um, but if this is the case for LaCroix, what do you think about a company that would, would do something like this, falsely advertise in this manner? Well, I definitely know that this stuff goes on. First off, High C is always saying they have 110% juice. I want to see stats to actually back that up. <laughs> <laughs> because anything that goes beyond 100% juice, like what is this additional 10%? So that's, that's the first thing. And I, I say this as a joke, but I also say this somewhat purposefully because what you put on there like best 
you know, best um, best pizza in town, best best frozen pizza on the market. Like, there are certain things where you have to realize that drawing a line can be kind of tough. On is this just them saying it, or are they actually stating as a as a fact? Because I've had some of those places that claim to be the best pizza in town, and I was like, nope, nope. Not the best pizza I've had in town. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think you're missing the point of so. what this. You're missing the point of what this question was supposed to be. All right. It. I was asking not if you think the it's wrong for people to say they have the best pizza in town. But rather, if a company like this is saying that they're 100% natural, but we find out it's not the case. Yeah, well, my thing is, is everything is technically natural to a certain extent, because if you think about it, like every everything in this world is is made from things that are found in nature. So just the very wording of natural, I think in our heads, everyone has a different definition of it. And I think that that's why this is kind of scary. And I, I kind of sympathize a little bit with LaCroix because I mean, the way, the way that if someone asked me, what does 100% natural mean to you? In my head, I don't think of like you just pulled it out of the ground, and then put it into a jar and gave it to someone. Like, I still think that there's a process of like cleaning it, uh, that it's going to be handled by people. Like I still think that there's going to be a lot of components to it. So for me, maybe what's considered natural is not going to be like even, even the United States of America, like what we consider to be natural is not what they consider to be natural in Europe a lot of times. And I think that that's why in this instant, I have a little bit of, of sympathy on it. Yeah, I mean, generally, I guess, like I, I said earlier, the, the biggest problem here is trying to determine what's considered natural because it is such a broad term, and, and we can go into that more later. But essentially, you know, I think the bigger issue here, the, the possible, but the hypothetical bigger issue here is if a company like LaCroix, who has so many people that it consume their product, are misleading the consumer and possibly even doing, putting things into their drink that could be harmful to personal health, which is, I think, what Lenora Rice is trying to get across. Yeah, I think it depends on what what information that they actually have here. I mean, if, if, if we look into this more and we find out that there's some shady stuff going on, like maybe there's some, some flavor that they're adding that is made with something that is dangerous to, to humans. And like, if we find out like something like that, that was not explicitly said anywhere in the ingredients or was just not specified in any capacity, then yeah, you've got problems. And that's why I, I am curious to see what additional information that we we get out here. Um, the, this the whole fact of it being a cockroach <laughs> insecticide sounds disgusting, <laughs> like the the very idea of it. So I can see why they wouldn't want to advertise that point. Like that to me is clearly the last thing that a drink company wants to advertise is something associated with like bugs or just any, like any type of insects or something. So there's going to, you're always going to want to paint your company in a, in a better light than, than need be. So we'll find We'll have to find out what this all means, because I don't know that the day, if there's actual danger in, in this from based off what you've seen, is there, 
anything dangerous here? I mean, not really. I, I One of the resources I looked into was uh, had an interview with Gavin Sachs, who is an associate professor of food science at Cornell. He isn't involved in the lawsuit or anything, but they just talked to him about this issue. And they were talking about, and he, and he said specifically that a certain level of these compounds could be toxic. But to say like, to bring up cockroach insecticide, that's not exactly true. It's linalool is an ingredient that is also in cockroach insecticide. Yeah, I exactly. Dude. That's why these headlines are so frustrating because you know, and I talked about this in a previous episode where people, they just read a headline like, oh, like the Bill Cosby thing. They'll say, oh, uh, you know, Bill Cosby did like one bad thing. And it's like, no, Bill Cosby did like 50 or did bad things like 50 different people multiple right. times and that yeah. there's a whole story behind this. You can't just read a headline and think that you know something, especially nowadays. Well, yeah, and that's honestly when we started doing this this story, that was I'm so glad that I actually w- was able to investigate this because when I was looking for different resources, one of the, the things that I found was U.S. Magazine. This is what their headline is. LaCroix sued for allegedly not being 100% natural, comma, using cockroach insecticide in beverages. So if you just read that headline and you see using cockroach insecticide in beverages, I mean, it's, that's 100% not accurate. They're supposedly using linalool which is a chemical compound that is also found in cockroach insecticide but a big thing that i when i was doing like the scientific research behind (laughs) these compounds linalool is also found in rosewood and mint uh and cinnamon and then limonene the other uh compound is found in citrus fruits like oranges and limes and so it just you got to do your research you can't just take a headlines word for it and that's the sad thing too about these news places that just want to catch people's eye because if a person isn't willing to do the research they just scroll through their phone or whatever and see the headline subconsciously that can sink in which is kind of a segue into my next point is with these lawsuits it let, let's hypothetically say that Lacroix is a hundred percent uh fault like they're being accused of this falsely and they're doing you know what what they're putting in their drinks is natural and fine now you have people who have been impacted just by the headline of this lawsuit who might not drink LaCroix anymore I guess I don't know the actual statistics of how their sales have been impacted but there there is a certain aspect about it of if you bring it to this level and it's in the public eye it's a it's kind of sad thing if LaCroix actually didn't do anything wrong because now it scares people away from the product with those headlines. Definitely. I, I, I hate it. And simply put, I hate the fact that no matter what happens, there's going to be people who just read that one headline and then that's going to be the only thing in their memory. And that's going to happen. That There are going to be people who do that. And then there's also people who they don't give a shit and they're just going to drink it anyways because they just like LaCroix. <laughs> and that's just... yeah. That's true. What's going to happen, but it's unfair that this is in the public eye for everyone to see uh, that, or to, to put it in the public eye for everyone to even have the ability to be misinformed yeah. is terrible. And this stuff happens. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's essentially terrible if LaCroix is innocent. Yeah. But 
if there was a way that we could keep it private until it was figured out, but then again, you want to give people the opportunity to know that they're possibly putting something harmful in their bodies. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough situation, but honestly, the, this kind of begs the question, like, so let's say this lawsuit goes through and we find out LaCroix is innocent or, you know, they win the case. Do you think that the plaintiff should do something to clear their name? Well, I don't know what, like, that would be great, but what could they really do? I mean, I don't know, but I'm just thinking like some sort of effort for like maybe the the plaintiff to make, you know, a, a public statement or an apology for for soiling the, the brand name. Because uh, until this point, LaCroix was kind of revered and respected as this 100% natural drink. And now you have headlines that say they have cockroach insecticide in them. So in their in the drink. So I almost feel like that should be some sort of repercussion or consequence for taking it to this step of, you know, suing them. And again, this is to say if LaCroix is actually, you know, innocent behind this and they're actually not doing anything wrong. I mean, LaCroix is is denying it and stating that all of their... uh, drinks come from the natural flavors of the fruit that the drink is for. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really know how you could make the situation any better. I know for me personally, I've never actually had LaCroix, but this isn't taken away from me giving it a a shot. I I think like there's maybe some people who actually will try LaCroix now that it's in the public eye because they don't know much about it. Like I'm, and I say this cause I'm, I'm actually, thinking that I should try it now because <laughs> not because of any of the bad parts, but just because I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, I get this for free at work. Why don't I just like, give it a shot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this could be a case where they say any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a weird case of it. <laughs> but I mean, to go back to the story itself, again, LaCroix is emphatically denying it as as one source would say uh, i think it was cbs news who who had that in their report they're they're basically stating so national beverage which is the parent company of Lacroix, is denying all the allegations says natural flavors in Lacroix are derived from the natural essence oils from the named fruit used in each of the flavors there are no sugars or artificial ingredients contained in nor added to those extracted flavors. And again, that goes back to, I mean, the science behind these compounds that are found in the drink states that we do get these chemical compounds from what we would consider, I guess, natural sources. Again, linalool comes from uh, rosewood, mints, cinnamon, you know, which you would consider to be natural things. And, and then you got limonene, which comes from, you can extract from orange peels which i actually watched a video on it it's kind of cool this guy was scraping off orange peels uh to to extract it but altogether if if Lacroix is innocent it's just kind of bs that this stuff is out there to be honest and when you say bs you mean like bachelors of science right yeah that's just so we're on the same page yeah right? we're on the same page that's exactly <laughs> exactly what i meant Dude, we're on the same wavelength today always <laughs> jeez <laughs> 
anyways, it's back to the point. So, I mean, this kind of leads into the biggest part of this this argument. And again, we've we've mentioned it a couple times, but natural. What does the word natural mean? I mean, when I was doing the research on this, a big problem, and I'm wondering if this is going to stonewall the case altogether, is there isn't, like the FDA, which would make the decision on something like this, doesn't have a formal definition for for the word. They, they've specifically actually said they've not engaged in rulemaking to establish a formal definition for the term. But I'm thinking they should just talk to you because you said anything is considered natural. Uh, <laughs> I think it's bullet for to say that like natural is anything. But that's what you said earlier. Natural is... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I no, I see I, exactly making, what's uh, happening here. It's contradiction hour from Steve. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no, no. So I was making, I was making claim that is it, because it is hard to define because you could technically say that everything is natural to a certain extent, but I do think there should be like a clear cut definition in food and beverage because of how important it is of what you put into your body that I don't think that this should be up for debate when it comes to natural. So maybe this will be what it takes to get something passed where if you're going to put natural, especially because let's be honest here, our parents' generations, like, they ate like shit a lot of the time because that was right when processed foods became a thing and everyone was just eating, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people, they just they would eat tons of fast food, processed foods all the time. And then in our generation, it's we've started to realize like, oh, actually eating natural foods is better because processed foods has some negative things to it. Uh, and as we make more and more of a push of more natural foods, we should define what is considered to be natural. And honestly, I don't know is if there is like a working definition of natural foods right now. I don't know if anything actually is indicated by the FDA. No, it's not. And, and that's what I'm saying. Part of the problem is that their, their definition is in a broad sense, uh, quote, nothing artificial or synthetic, including all color additives, regardless of source, has been included in or added to a food that would not normally be expected to be in that food. So this could stonewall the case, essentially, with no definition. Well, yeah, that's kind of like, I guess that's my thought is, it, this isn't, like, this is so non-exact, like, this is so ridiculously broad, that, like, I could argue basically anything and say, nope, this, this is natural, based off that definition. So that's what's frustrating to me is they need to have an ironed-out definition, and I think that alleviates so much. And I think it's going to be tough, though, also. Like, I will say, to, to really get this, like, honed in on what's considered natural, but we definitely need to try to do our best. Well, yeah, and I maybe this is the case that that's the catalyst for that situation and, and why – you know, we talked about the the downside of it becoming so public, but with this case possibly being a a big case with how popular LaCroix is, maybe this is the start of us finding a definition for what what is considered natural within the things that that we are putting in our bodies. And I think it's also in in the trend of where we're going you know, as people in general, like we, we have a better understanding of, you know, what we're starting to put in our bodies. You know, we, we require places like McDonald's and stuff to tell us the caloric intake of certain foods, because for a long time, we were just willy nilly putting this stuff in, in our bodies without paying attention to it. And, um, 
But again, the the biggest concern within this story specifically is is the uh, you know is Lacroix putting stuff in the drinks that is artificial and then falsely advertising that it's that it's natural and that's that's where the company kind of comes into play as having a responsibility to make sure that the consumer is aware of of what's going in in their drinks but again you know we essentially the 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 stuff that has been called to the public eye can be considered natural because you know, like I said, those compounds are found in things that we, uh, you know, to, in the mainstream would consider natural. So I don't know how this is going to go through. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to be okay based off of what yeah. I'm, what I'm interpreting as, or how I'm interpreting this story. It doesn't seem like there's going to be enough evidence to suggest that they're not allowed to say that it's natural. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing. And I think that's also why we as people should, wait for more information to come out before you just make a decision. I mean, obviously if you want to avoid drinking it in case it is got does have bad stuff, you know, in it, obviously do that, but don't just pick a side because you you read one headline. One thing I don't understand, it's just cuz I'm not like a a chemistry person or uh, you know, a science whiz or anything is how, how did this Lenora Rice, the plaintiff of this case, how did she find out that these chemicals were in the drink? She, she got a lab packed somewhere where she's just like taking all the drinks and extracting the chemical, the specific chemicals from each and every drink. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> I, I don't know because it, this whole reverse engineering thing, I don't I I don't really understand because this must be extremely difficult because haven't they like tried to figure out how to recreate like McDonald's french fries for a long time w- weren't there a lot of uh like fast food like Burger King and stuff we're trying to figure out how to make those and to me I look at it and I'm like how hard could this possibly be it's just a potato that's shaped a certain way not not <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's all like it's carved <laughs> Some salt, some grease. Yeah, well, I think it's actually the grease that is important because I think I remember, I, I can't remember what year it was, but it was like Burger or Dairy Queen was switching to the same grease that Burger King uses or something. And then if you got fries at both places, they tasted like the exact same fries. So I, I think it is the grease, not not so much just the fact that it's a, um, a potato that's cut in a in a certain way. <laughs> Well, if you, if you guys know though, please, uh, if if you've got a better idea of how those McDonald's fries are made, my uh, my cousin actually used to work at McDonald's, and <laughs> he was the fry guy, and it was back when uh, Inspector Gadget was uh, the toy that they were giving away at oh, McDonald's. Classic. You get like all the different parts, and he helped me uh, make the whole, like the complete Inspector Gadget action figure. Was it the Matthew Broderick Inspector Gadget or the other one? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it would make sense, right? Well, I I just remember Kid Brandon was a huge Matthew Matthew Broderick Inspector Gadget fan. I I was not in support of the new actor that they had. I boycotted it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the Inspector Gadget was real weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, it was Creative yeah. Minds. So yeah. That's all it was. I don't know how we got here, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole McDonald's fries thing. But... Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
it's it's these companies they their whole idea is is profits and as much as they want to make the customers happy at the end of the day they need to also like save their what save face they need to make sure that they have a good reputation and they end up like look look at um I mean the best industry to illustrate this is definitely the cigarette like tobacco industry yeah. they knew that there was there's no way that they didn't know that there was some health uh negatives to right. using their their products but they weren't going to promote that you're going to promote what sells in in every product you're you're always going to want to sell or you're always going to promote what sells about the product you're not going to at chipotle talk about how many calories are in the burritos that's not really like a a good yeah, it's not like a good selling point. You want to promote the fact that um, they they talk about how they're like non-GMO, I think. Um, they, but their big thing is that their their ingredients are really like high quality, even though it gives you a what what was the what was the thing that you got from oh like the <laughs> like the outbreak or whatever. I can't I cannot remember the name of it. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll look it up right now. I'm I'm blanking on what it was what it was called but well basically it's not like they started advertising that <laughs> they wanted to make sure that that got brushed under the rug and that they were doing everything possible to to be a better company as a result and that's what uh that's what they should be doing ultimately and i think the big probably the biggest question of this topic in general is what is where do you draw the line of protecting yourself and your brand and giving your customers the the truth and the most genuine answers to their their questions about your product. Well, I th- I think that answer would be if it's like damaging people's personal health. Was it E. coli? Was that the the stuff that broke no. out? E. coli. Yeah, yeah, E. coli. Yeah, because actually, I had a friend who'd always make jokes whenever we go into Chipotle. He'd be like, "Am I gonna get E. coli from this?" Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that. And I mean, yeah, you, you have a point. Like the the brand needs to be marketing the good stuff about their product and whatnot. But I, the, the issue comes in if they're avoiding or stonewalling the truth about what their product actually does. You know, for instance, we talked about the NFL last week. You know, the NFL you know, to promote their brand, they were stonewalling any knowledge of head injuries getting out into the public. And so when you're doing that now, you know, obviously you can understand where they're coming from because they're trying to protect the the product and the market that they're, you know, putting their product out on. But essentially, you know, you're impacting not just adults' lives, but also, you know, kids growing up playing this game as well. And if you're not giving consumers the 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 knowledge or the education on on their on the product that you're selling, knowing that it could be damaging to life and quality of life, I mean, that's some pretty shady shit. And I feel like you you have a responsibility to give them the option. And I mean, in a lot of those cases, you know, it's not like it killed the companies. I mean, the NFL is still widely popular, 
you know, Chili's or not Chili's, <laughs> Chipotle is still widely popular. Um, but it's it's and I think actually Taco Bell had an E. coli outbreak as well. But I mean, I digress. The the, the point is once you have this information of you know what goes out there or what what goes into your stuff and you find out that it actually could be damaging to other people's lives i think you do hold responsibility even as a, a business to be upfront and honest about that and and be proactive rather than reactive i think you look worse when you're reactive to it to be honest and um it's also tough with something like Chipotle or a Taco Bell where you have franchises because, you know, if one Taco Bell doesn't meet its, uh, you know, uh, cleaning inspection or whatever, and there's an E. coli outbreak at that one Taco Bell, you know, that impacts the entire yeah. company rather than just like yeah. LaCroix's Did, one. What, what are your thoughts on the company drawing the line of, their reputation and, and telling their customers the, the full hundred percent honest truth about everything. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they should, they should be honest because I mean, there are some things that like as a consumer, you need to be smart and maybe we should hold ourselves more accountable, you know, because like for instance, the tobacco industry, I, I feel like, again, I wasn't around at that time, but I feel like there was probably rumblings that, hey, this stuff is pretty bad for you, even before the tobacco industry admitted to it. But so th- there are some like obvious lines, but I think when you have a product, again, that could be damaging to the people that, that use that product, I think that part of your brand should be that honesty and give give people the opportunity to make the decisions themselves rather than feeling the consequences. You know, after years of playing football and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew that football was going to be bad on my body, but I didn't realize that this could cause these mental health and behavioral issues but when it comes to food, like make your own shit. <laughs> like they talk about how you should make your own protein bars because then you know exactly what you're well, yeah, putting in. And that's a very good point because we know a lot of the things that we eat are just flat out not good for us. Like I, I know when I look at, I mean, I, I'm a huge sucker for cookie cake. It's like I absolutely love cookie cake. So <laughs> any future guest on the show, if you want to really just for some reason make my day better. Definitely bring me a cookie cake and you will be my favorite <laughs> guest of all time. But I know that eating cookie cake is I mean, borderline disastrous for your health. If you only ate cookie cake, you might actually die. Like I don't I don't think there's enough nutrition in that to keep a man alive. <laughs> we haven't checked the science. <laughs> but like I, I know the consequences <laughs> of eating cookie cake when I eat it, which is I'm going to eat. I'm I'm going to feel a little bit of energy for about 15 minutes and then I'm going to feel like I need to take a nap for the next three hours. And that's just, there's just not anything of real value in cookie cake other than it tastes really good. (laughs) And there does have to be a certain level of that where it's just common sense and realization that everything is, I don't want to say everything is okay in moderation because I don't know about like crystal meth. Crystal meth in moderation (laughs) is probably still 
probably still pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, we, we shouldn't be encouraging crystal meth users. Yeah, just don't do it at all. Like you heard it here, do not do crystal meth at all. Not there even you. once. Good stance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, a- anything can be kind of dangerous if there's too much of it. And you got to make that judgment call. Yeah, and that's where I'm saying the the accountability uh, of the consumer. You know, and again, back into do your own investigation. Don't just take a company's word for it on things. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, consuming actual like food and drink and stuff, you know, do the research to find out if, you know, the these products that you're putting in your body, especially when you're putting stuff in your body, are actually, you know, what they say they are or what the impact would be. Oh, yeah. And so I don't know. It's just, uh, there's a shared responsibility within this line. I think when you have a company as big as LaCroix, if you are going to, I mean, look at McDonald's, for instance. You know, when they had that that Super Size Me documentary, well, they didn't have it. When, when that Super Size Me documentary came out, this guy was going to McDonald's every day and supersizing his <laughs> meals every day. Like obviously that's going to be damaging to, you know, to your body. Um, but I think the the bigger point here is, you know, when when that documentary went through, obviously he knew he was going to put on weight and it wasn't going to be the best stuff for it. But you realize that these like fast food chains. I mean, what's the what's the big pull on them, right? It's they're super convenient. I mean, if if you don't have time to make your own meals or you know do whatever, that they pull you in that way. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. We are very much all about convenience, and that that matters more to us than our health. And that's true. That's why fast food became so giant because it's just it's super easy. And I mean, nowadays we definitely know that. A lot of fast food is not healthy yet. We still do it because it's super easy to, to get it. And we just try to eat it in moderation. Yeah, but I think that Super Size Me documentary is was a huge, I mean, it's a huge proof that even with the knowledge that it's bad, your brand can still survive. But the, the, the important thing was getting the knowledge out there about what exactly McDonald's food does to you. It doesn't just make you fat or, you know, lazy. It also... There's a chemical within the fast food that makes you like addicted to the food. And uh, he was like really sad and then he'd be depressed and then he'd have McDonald's and be happy. I, I love that you're bringing up Super Size Me. That, well, the, especially because one of the things with that movie for me is I never could finish it. Or I guess it's a documentary. I, I've tried to watch it twice. I could never finish it because I was like too grossed out and depressed from watching it. It is gross. It's tough to watch, honestly. It, it is, and but but you're but now as a consumer, you're now given the opportunity to make an educated decision. Now, if if you go to McDonald's, still having that information out there, mm-hmm. that's not on McDonald's. It's out there now. You've you're making the decision because. You, because of the convenience or you just really like the taste. But that's where I'm to go back to your original question of, you know, where does a company draw the line on keeping things under wraps and, 
and uh, communicating. I think what's happened to McDonald's is important because we obviously knew that it was bad for you, but I don't think anybody knew to the extent that like you would be so addicted to the food based on what was in the food. It would make you depressed and just like genuinely unhappy until the next time that you consumed that food. I mean, I think that's good, right? Don't you think? <laughs> well, let, let me ask you another question along these lines. Okay. What about if they actually were putting a cockroach in every LaCroix, but it had no negative? Uh, there's no negatives to it, though. <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to be negatives. Uh, how does that happen? Like... If there was no negative to it, does it matter? <laughs> well, yeah, because a cockroach, what does it eat? Like shit? Probably, yeah. I think the answer is actually... Yeah, so exactly. So a cockroach eats shit. I don't want to have well, shit. Why? It doesn't matter, though. <laughs> it does matter because what they're consuming... Now, I'm putting them in my body, and I'm consuming the shit that is part of them. No, these are these are genetically altered cockroaches that don't eat anything. Okay, so they're not natural. No, they're, no, they're on steroids. They're on steroids. <laughs> okay, I don't want steroids <laughs> in my body. <laughs> There's literally nothing you could say here that would convince me, even if they... But it, the, the, these are the kind of steroids that only work on cockroaches. They don't work on anything else. <laughs> uh, okay, well, first off, that's impossible, so I don't even nothing know. Nothing is impossible. You know that, Brandon. Oh, nothing is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Check out my YouTube video, Nothing is Impossible, to learn more. This My YouTube channel is called Butch Boss. Yeah, so this entire <laughs> this entire episode has just been an attempt for us to, in a roundabout way, get to a shameless plug for Steven's Butch Boss YouTube page. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what, uh, that's what I do. I just pick something on every, on every episode that I want to build to. And then I just, I just do it. You're, you're freaking incredible. <laughs> you're just incredible. I'm incredible. <laughs> <laughs> we, we found out that at least once an episode, Steven says that he's incredible at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, honestly, I should I should try to become like more and more, mm, like less or not more and more, less and less obvious when I say it. I'll just kind of sneak it in there. So like, I don't more if, you, subtle? if someone can, yeah, subtle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you could pull that off. I don't know if you're uh, clever enough. For that. <laughs> but uh, honestly, is there any other final thoughts um, on the on the topic? Uh. N- I can't think of anything. What about you? Well, I just to kind of reiterate, and I've, I've tried to kind of get it across, you know, these, uh, a big reason why I am passionate about these news episodes is because they give me a reason to really do investigation and research into things that I see in the news during, you know, at any point. But I think I want to encourage that same desire of discovery in people that are listening to this because like don't just read a headline and think that you understand what the the story is about um like i said that u.s magazine story makes it sound like they're using cockroach insecticide and that's not the actual story besides the fact that this case has just started we don't actually even have the proof that the the chemicals that that are being pointed out are even in the stuff. So I would say just wait before you just up and pick a side until we have all the evidence. Yeah. Really great point. Do not have a super strong opinion on this until you have all the information and actually read 
the information if you want to be able to have a conversation with someone about this because when I first read the headlines and knowing that I've never had LaCroix before, I just thought, okay, well now I'm just definitely not going to have it based on these headlines. And then we read, you know, I read some of this stuff and I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll still have LaCroix. Like I've, I'll, I've never tried it before. Maybe I'll try it now. It seems like a weird time to try it because this is still in the air. Maybe it is bad, but you know, it's not like crystal meth. It's something that you can do once and it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Again, <laughs> we're gonna reemphasize it's bad for you. Presumably, crystal meth is bad for you. This isn't a situation like uh, our YOLO episode. What is the second or third episode? So yeah. I used to be a news reporter in West Virginia, and like crystal meth was legitimately a, a big problem where I, in the area I lived in. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> so that's why it's you know sometimes it enters my mind. I'm just like. Dude, have you have you seen those photos of the before and afters from Crystal Meth like those? Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> those are real bad. If you if you haven't, definitely Google image those and uh, you'll know why I said don't even get involved at all because <laughs> it looks real bad. <laughs> yeah, good, great point. <laughs> funny. To to recap on the episode again, the news here is really just the lawsuit is out against Lacroix. We don't actually know uh, specifically what's going on, so essentially don't be picking sides yet i mean if you want to refrain from drinking uh, absolutely uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah but uh, we need to wait and find out i mean the compounds that supposedly have come out that are found in the drinks that are being claimed as unnatural are actually found in different things that are considered natural so the bigger picture here might be we really just need to define what the word natural means within our food and drinks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we want to say thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to be a part of the discussion, you have any questions or comments, feel free to write in. Our email is emgpod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 513-427-EMG5 or DM us on Instagram uh, which is at emgpod, which now I can say that our Twitter account is also a real thing now Bada-bing. at emgpod. Yeah, so you can uh, you can hit us up there as well. We uh, we do check that pretty regularly. Um, other than that, the next episode that we're going to be doing is going to be an interesting one. It will be on dating apps. Oh baby, and, yeah, we've uh, been uh, waiting for this one. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely going to be one of our most. Uh, juicy topics yet you could say i mean i don't know why why juicy was the word you chose (laughs) (laughs) yeah that doesn't that's not like a natural thing for me to say so i don't know our most one of our most interesting topics one of our most moist (laughs) topics (laughs) all right yeah now uh now you're just making it way worse (laughs) by just saying weird gross stuff anyways we want to thank you for listening to this episode and um hopefully you enjoyed the uh spotlight episode with uh, Matt and uh, we'll talk to you soon take it easy